are listening to the Tableau Podcast. <laughs> hey guys, I'm Tableau. Are you following me somewhere on Instagram, Epicai YouTube, Dive Studio channels, uh, Tableau Podcast, Instagram? You should be if you want to stay up to date because I'm not on TV. Uh, I don't do much media other than that. Uh, so, yeah, if you are remotely interested in what I do, be sure to uh, follow and subscribe. Anyways, um, so I I want to talk about school. Yeah. Be it elementary school, middle school, high school, university. Clown school. Uh, PhD, whatever. Yeah. Um, we need to talk about the way schools should or could be. Um, before I begin, a shout out to all teachers that are listening. If you're a teacher somewhere and you're a, you you are uh you have integrity and you are doing your best to educate children, a big applause to you because months and months of distance learning has reminded all parents <laughs> how absolutely fucking difficult it is. Yeah. Uh to uh, to get a kid to sit down and learn a bunch of stuff. Okay? So when you guys are doing this multiplied by like hundreds, um I can imagine how difficult it is and I'm pretty sure that a lot of teachers are feeling like they don't have it together and they're they're supposed to help someone else get it together. So big applause to you if you're doing it with a true passion. But if you're a bad teacher, <laughs> Dude, we got some words. Yeah, but uh, I'll save that for later. <laughs> okay, um, I really believe uh, that um, schools could be better. Yes, and I don't mean like schools, as in like the organization or like the physical space and stuff like that. Uh, I'm just talking about um. What we what we should be uh, focusing on, and um, I, I am in no way an expert in education. I have no right to uh, point things out or to judge anything, uh, but I do feel like um, our our teachers, the ones that we applauded, uh, like ten seconds ago, um, the ones that we applauded would actually be a lot happier and would feel more satisfied if. Uh, there was an evolution in the way schools happen. Right? Yes. Because the world has evolved. And for some odd reason, um, it is perfectly okay to use a textbook from like 11 years ago. Uh, and nothing would, you know, no one would even notice. That is from 11 years ago. And this is for real. Like I saw a textbook that was being used. And it was from 11 years ago. And the fact that you can still use the same textbook. Means that schools have. You know. They've become stagnant. Like they're not evolving. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, here's what I'm thinking here. Okay. Before you start like. How dare you. 
<laughs> Let me first of all say, everyone's paying a tuition, right? Of some sort. Even if it's little, even if it's a lot, someone's paying. And if you're paying, um, I think you all have the right to give your input um, so that things could be better. Because you're the one paying. Mm -hmm. And um, here, here, here's the thing. Let's say I'm a teacher, in element, like an elementary school teacher, right? And I'm teaching, uh, how old are you when you're like in first grade? It's like you're like seven, six, six or seven, right? Yeah. So let's say you're teaching a sixth, sixth grader, right? In 2020. And, and I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a teacher and I'm 30 years old. Okay? Okay. My 2020 is already not the same as this six-year-old's 2020. Yes. And what I mean is I'm teaching from the perspective of someone that's been around since 1990. Yes. This kid is 24 years younger than me, living in 2020 as a six-year-old, uh -huh. right? When this kid is 30, it's going to be it's going to be 2044. Okay. Right? Yes. So I need to prepare this kid not for 2021, but I need to prepare this kid for 2030, 2040, 2050. Okay. I need to help with the his first steps into like the future. Yeah. Right? And um and I'm 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 just gonna throw out questions here. I'm not throwing out solutions because like I said, I'm not a professional. I don't know. Okay. And I don't have the right to really um say something is the answer. I, I don't know the answers, but I, I do have a lot of questions. Like a lot of the curric like the curriculum that we all grew up um going through, it's focused on the past, right? There's a heavy emphasis on the past, like history. Um most of everything we learn in, for example, like social studies, um sciences, all of these things are discoveries or records or um, epiphanies that happened a long time ago. Mm -hmm. That's what you learn for the first, like, you know, 10 years of s any schools. Yeah. Right. Um, or any schooling. Uh, it's really focused on the past, which I'm not saying isn't important. You need to know the past. You need to know history. You need to know um, who made what and who discovered what and how uh, it was discovered like way back in the day so that you can somehow apply it to the present, right? But that's what I'm saying. Uh, a lot of it, there's way more emphasis on the past and how it applies to the current times mm -hmm. so past and present mm -hmm. there's nothing wrong with that but i do feel like there needs to be a class or a a portion of the uh curriculum, curriculum 
that balances it out where you are learning for the future. So maybe like a like a like a future uh, curriculum. And what I mean is, if we're gonna teach people or teach kids about um, a, a period of time when when computers didn't exist and how the computer was made and who made it and like the evolution of computers, shouldn't we also spend that much time? Trying to uh, trying to extrapolate and trying to imagine where these technologies will be in ten years or twenty years. Mm-hmm. Shouldn't we have some kind of balance so that we are teaching kids um, to? I mean, no one can predict the future, mm-hmm. but to imagine should we try a little more to imagine what the world will be like in 2030 because it is imaginable 10 years from now is not like science fiction it's imaginable right in 10 years we went from having no smartphones to to now with all of this stuff and incredible things have happened and by that we can assume that in the next 10 years, things will happen at an exponential rate, right? And we're going to be dealing with like AI. We're going to be dealing with... Um, automation. Yeah, way more automation. Yeah. Um, we're also going to be dealing with the dissipation or extinction of a lot of things that we are used to. Mm. You know, a lot of things that we are dependent upon now. A lot of them will go away, right? And I'm asking, is there a class or a or a portion of the curriculum that is focused on trying to predict or trying to imagine what will happen 5 years from now, 10 years from now, 20, 30 years from now so that um kids can develop the necessary skills that they will need when they hit 20 when they hit hit 30 and and unfortunately the answer is no and the reason why i know this is how many of you when you were in elementary school or middle school or high school even or even in college um did you guys have anyone teach you about personal finances mm mm-hmm. Really? Yeah. Okay, because I didn't. Well, I'm different generation. Was it a class? It was a p- part of the curriculum. So they taught you how to do your taxes? So, so yeah. So they did, like, if you're making this kind of income and rent prices are average this, like, you need to think about your utility bills oh, well, and stuff yeah. like that. And then That's economics, right? Yeah, so in economics, they teach you that. But then, they, you know, how it applies to, like, what are tax brackets? How do you figure out, you know like okay we navigate stuff like that that's not what i'm saying okay we learn economics as well yeah but i don't mean like in theory or um the basic like tenets yeah what i'm talking about is teaching people um first of all how to how to be smart with their money how to save their money how to invest their money how to keep their money how to not get screwed over in business, 
how to um do you, you, you see what I mean like on a more personal level like yeah and theories and stuff yeah it needs to begin there I understand that gets dicey though with like legality I feel like because like you know for example it's illegal to do like tax advising or whatever mm-hmm. to people like on a one-on-one thing. oh i don't mean like no i know no but we don't talk about these like, kids don't have any taxes to pay right now but, no i understand but you know what i'm talking about it's like that i think it'll be uh iffy to figure out where that line is for how much they can like quote unquote like guide okay students what I'm trying to say is my generation, at least from my experience, yeah, you know, I, I went all the way up to a master's. Yeah. And I was never offered a class, even as an elective, where I where it was where they where I was being taught about like, first of all, finances, like personal finances, okay? Uh like money wellness, basically. Right. Yeah. Uh, mental wellness mm-hmm. uh, and relationships. Mm-hmm. I was never offered an opportunity in school to be able to explore any of these things. I don't know what it was like in your school. I think I was in, I guess, just in general, at least Northern California. Was Is there actually, a class on relationships? So we we were you had to like in order to pass seventh grade you had to do what was called um, diversity training. Okay, yeah. So it's clearly a different time, different yeah. geographic location for sure. Like it really matters what district you're in and stuff. And that's a good point. Yeah. So it has. So my question of is my question of are we evolving has been answered. But I think the curriculum your point is, is good. evolving. I think your point is good in that it should be much more standardized. It shouldn't be like special. Yeah, and what I mean cases. is, from my uh, when I was in elementary school or middle school to when you were, mm-hmm. it's it's at least your school has taken another step. Yes, forward from whatever, right? Mm-hmm. But I'm saying the kids that are learning right now in 2020. Yes, that is already the past. Ah, like that should be a given. Or no, like, what, what you learned. Uh huh. If some, if that is taught to these kids, yeah, that's great. Yeah, but that is the past. That is what you learned when you were like in. How old were you? Like, how long was ago that, was that? That I would have. Oh my god, <laughs> that was like probably like twelve or thirteen years ago. Yeah, so that's twelve, thirteen years ago. Yeah, and even that sounds like. It's ahead of the curve. Yeah. Which I'm saying is not going to be enough for someone that's six years old or yeah. 10 years old or 12 or, or a teenager yeah. in 2020 because they need to be prepared for the next 10, 20, 30 years. Yeah. And for that to happen, it needs to, we need to now add in other things that are, have become norms right now. Right? Yeah. Like social media. Various different things. Yeah, because right? we had to like in diversity training, we had to learn about mental wellness. Yes, and uh, sensitivity to others' mental wa- yes wa- uh, wellness. And now there are other things that are coming to the for- forefront, like AI and stuff like this, right? <laughs> yeah. And and right now we're like, oh, do we really need to teach kids like about artificial intelligence? Do we need to teach kids about? 
Actually, like, you're right. We need to teach kids about um privacy. Yeah, we need like to teach data it, collection and yeah. not putting everything out there we, on like internet and stuff. We need to teach kids what they are saying. Agree, I agree to like when they check every time they get an app. Uh, that long document that no one reads, right? Are we teaching kids about like not about the law, but about how the law will apply to them? You know, every time you you get an app. You're making a legal decision as well. Mm -hmm. You're making a legal commitment. You're signing a contract. Does it anybody know anything in the fine print? Are we have we been uh have we been trained to look at the fine print really? I don't think so. That's why all of us get an app and we don't look at what's in there. I mean, I I was re I remember in school they told you to read everything and then you were like, "But why?" <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they tell you and then you're like, "No." <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I'm saying uh there and that's the point I was making earlier. Yes. The things that you said happened in your school, put it on a scale next to all the history, uh learning about like Galileo and all of that. Yeah. Put it on a scale. How much of the curriculum was it? Oh, the, I'll, this is a great way to put that into perspective for you. I took AP US history. Uh -huh. And, you know, the th history is going on every second, right? And so we spent so much time on, you know, like Revolutionary War, Civil War, all super important foundational, of course. Yes. And then um, we ran out of time, just like physical time before the test. And so we had to stay behind school extra like two hours to cram in two weeks. Um, 1990. No, not even like 1980 to present day history. Mm -hmm. And so much shit happened during that time. And so much of it we never learned. Whereas the past of like Revolutionary War, Civil War, you learn a lot of that stuff in more simpler ways throughout your entire education, but nobody was talking about the CIA and Al-Qaeda, you know, in fifth grade. You're learning about it for the first time in this two weeks I have mm -hmm. about things that are immediately relevant. Yeah. You know? And, and I will be relevant five years yeah, down the, the road. Yeah, those consequences of those things are much more also immediate. And yeah. I remember me and my classmates being very like, like, Really, like that's that's the stuff that we are always thinking of, and it is preoccupying our minds. Yeah. Um, and the impact of those things, but we spent two weeks cramming it, whereas we spent like six months, uh -huh. you know, talking about why slavery is, of course, bad. Okay. So, <laughs> um, and I, and the reason why I brought any of this up is because, uh, you know, like some parents are like. My kids on Twitter too much. My kids on YouTube too much. Why do you think they're there? Because there is something that is so relevant, so much more relevant to them mm -hmm. at the current moment uh, that is happening elsewhere. Like all okay, all kids crave information. All humans crave information, whether or not they know it. But kids especially. Yeah, whether or not they know it, um, all human beings crave learning. Even if you're like listening right now and you're like, I don't want to learn anything. I just want to play video games, dude. You are constantly craving uh, information just like you crave 
a glass of water or some food. Um, and that needs to be satisfied. So we try to do things that satisfy this, this itch we have for uh, information and for knowledge. And I would sometimes argue that a lot of it is happening on the internet as opposed to in the classroom, mm -hmm. right? And just like you said, um, these very relevant and immediate topics that need to be discussed because that's what's going to be on the news. We're not going to turn on the news and they're going to give us, you know, breaking news on the Renaissance. You know, they're not going to be like, yeah, so Da Vinci, <laughs> you know, so yeah. Julius Caesar got stabbed in the back. That's not going to happen. Yeah. Of course, we need to understand uh, the dynamics of what happened in the past so that when we see the current breaking news, yeah. we understand like the themes behind it. Yes. Yes, I do. I'm not saying that that's not important, but is there as much emphasis on talking about what we are seeing right now, what kids are, what's being thrown at kids right now and what will exponentially be thrown at kids like down the road? Yeah. I, I don't know. I don't feel like it. I didn't properly learn about Watergate until, yeah, like that U.S. history yeah, class. Yeah, until... Uh, Other than that, I just watched movies and you heard about that it happened. So you learned it from movies and yeah. pop culture. And that's why... Um, Wiki that's why Wikipedia became what it is. Yeah. You know, that's why YouTube became what it is. And um it, and and it's a, it's the fault of it's not the fault I would say it's less the fault of teachers. Yeah. But um like I do feel like some parents uh make this fine distinction or um line between YouTube and everything happening on the internet, all the information on the internet mm -hmm. and stuff that's taught in school. And this stuff that's taught in school is good or beneficial or somehow helpful to this kid's uh, college or career or future. They want like hard numbers. Yeah. They want those quote unquote results. Yeah, whatever's officially taught, whatever has a textbook yeah. is really, really legit information and legit education and everything else happening uh on youtube uh social media and stuff like this is is something less than that but I, i'm saying that most often uh when these platforms become become super popular it's filling a need that's not been filled by anyone else mm -hmm. and Considering the amount of hours that kids spend at school, which is the majority of the day and majority of the week, majority of the year. And then the homework they take yeah. home. So they're literally in a classroom for like 90% of their lives. If these, um, if, if these needs are not met in the classroom or in the education curriculum, that's a, that's a problem. Yeah. Is what I'm saying. Yeah. If these kids were able to spend half the time in school and half the time getting necessary information from their parents or from like good peers or from uh you know good sources on the online, 
that's great. But unfortunately, kids are expected or somehow forced into situations where they're spending most of their time in either the class or the uh, remnants of class, right? Like homework or tutoring and all this, right? So if they're going to, if we're going to put kids in a situation where they have to spend most of their time there, we need to change there mm -hmm. so that they're getting the information they need. Yeah. Because, because I, I, and I'm saying this because I know so many adults um, that have these massive degrees and they know everything about like the past, about things that happened in the past. But they can't, they can't freaking predict what's going to happen in their lives a month later. Yeah. Um, they, they are completely blindsided by things that are happening on a daily basis. And they're, they're like confused by it, shocked by it. And I'm like, dude, everything you learned was supposed to prepare you for the future. Yes. Um, and everything you learned, unfortunately, stopped in like 2008. Yeah. Like, and, and they agree. They're like, yeah, all the stuff that I learned was like before smartphones, before like smart devices, before Bluetooth, before... All things that change almost every single yeah. industry and how it works. Yeah, and I'm like, of course, we can't predict exactly we didn't we couldn't predict predict that the iphone would come out and take over of course yeah but that's exactly what scientists do doctors always have to technically be in school yeah like they're they because they always have to learn about the new updates that's what i'm saying yeah that's what scientists do on a daily basis that's what they have been doing all throughout history mm. scientists and i mean scientists in the medical field scientists in uh the technology field all scientists try to predict the future right yeah in one way or another they try to predict the future how a virus may appear how a pandemic may happen how um you know how human evolution may continue in a certain way mm -hmm. how the environment like how the environment may change in a way we're in danger. Yes. Uh, all the environmental worries we have have not happened yet. Not all of them, right? Some of these things that we are worried about and scientists are worried about are things that may happen thousands of years from now. But that's what scientists do. And if scientists are doing this, it is very possible to get that information and implement it into our curriculum, mm -hmm. right? Just speak to one scientist about what he predicts is going to happen like 20 years from now. Implement it so yeah. that there's a balance. Let me tell you guys a story. When I was uh, my first year at Stanford, right? When I was a freshman, my freshman year uh, roommate, it was tiny ass room. The two of us stuck together in this small room. It was really bad. But uh, my friend um, picked up a flyer for Google. Okay, from from like just from just on campus, they had like a shitty table set up and just passing out flyers for people to use Google. So um, we were using Google like before Google became like a beast, 
because at the time people still used like Yahoo and stuff like this, right? Like Google was not the uh, the only norm or standard in any way. Um, and my roommate looked at the the when he when we were using Google, this was very early on, right? And my roommate was like, "Yo, this is gonna become the standard because it's a way better algorithm." Um, and it's and I was and I looked at it and I said, "Yeah, it is gonna become the standard because it's much cleaner." Mm. So the two of us are very different minds, right? I'm more like a, a creative, and he he was just just hella smart. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Two um, types. <laughs> and I, I was a creative and he, he was, was hella, hella smart. smart. <laughs> and I, and I, but that was what jumped out at me. I said, Yahoo, you go in and you see it's all like, these different, it's like the Korean portal. It's portal what neighbor sites. looks now. Yeah. <laughs> and um, it's just, it's just a cluster of information that yeah. I can't, I can't deal with. Yeah. I don't want to be stressed when I'm going somewhere to search for something that helps my stress. Yes. Right. Um, so I said it's much cleaner and to the point where you have to actually know what you're looking for to get it. No one's throwing it at you. Mm-hmm. You have to literally search it. But now, you know, Google has become a a huge thing and now yeah. it does throw at you what you should know. Even if you search it, they will, you know, they will the algorithm will throw things at you that is paying a lot. Yes. Um, but back in the day, right? And then, uh, so my roommate became like very, very interested in this. Uh, and then eventually became uh, the guy that took uh, Google to IPO. Oh. So he worked at Goldman Sachs and um, right, right out of college. Uh, worked on the team to take uh, Google IPO. And then he jump ship to Google. And even in that period, like he was one of the early uh, employees. Yeah. And then created Street View. Oh my God. So this is my freshman freshman year roommate, right? Yeah. And um and I spent a lot of time with him obviously. And the way that he was I'm not saying this guy predicted the future. But he was he, he was clearly more interested in what w- could happen or what will happen, and being part of making yeah, the future than what happened. Yes, right. Me, the creative, um, I was interested in different things, right? But I was also future minded in in that. Um, okay, I we had Napster at the time. And LimeWire, I think, mm-hmm. where like um, you could download MP3s. Okay, and at the time, CDs were the definite standard, and MP3s were supposed to be like really bad, and it was illegal. Yeah, you know, it it, it was illegal, but I knew that it was illegal. But not just me; everyone was downloading MP3s. Yeah, and there were there were campaigns about it. And I, later on, when I became a musician, it was still an issue. Like, this is going to kill our industry. Musicians are not going to get paid. And I, and true, there was a period. But when uh, the Napster LimeWire thing was happening, 
most of the most of the friends around me were like, "Yo, I'm gonna just download illegally because you know why spend all the you know we don't we're students we don't have that much money like how are we gonna buy all these CDs?" My point of view was, this is gonna become the standard no matter what because it's just way more convenient. That's it. Like to go out and buy CDs and then have to change the CD every Store time. Store the CD. Yeah. And to 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 legally rip the CD and store MP3s in an MP3 player is just too much work. But if you just if you just download it, you can pick and choose, and it's way quicker, right? It's just more convenient, and you don't have to walk around with a whole bag full of CDs, which is what people did. They had those like CD flip books in the car. Yeah, yeah. and it was a huge flex. Like what CDs you had in there? It's like pick a CD. <laughs> yeah, but um, I'm just saying, like, I was interested in music and film and stuff like this, and I was like, I was like, eventually, like, people are not going to go to the movie theater, right? Because it's so much easier to just watch it on, like, get it on this computer and watch it, mm. and to listen to music, like, just download it and and listen, like, it's quicker and much easier and uh, less weight. Yeah, right, and less waste. Is what one of the arguments that I had. Like Digital I was like, footprint. It's less waste. Yeah. So, um, so, but the thing is, we didn't learn these things in school. Yes. Uh, I asked him. I I said like, hey, like when? Because I was coming from an international school in Korea. Yeah. Right. And this guy was really good at like computers. Like basic computer science and i'm like how did you like we didn't have a curriculum that supported that so i was like how did you get like how did you learn all this stuff he's like i just you know i went home and spent a lot of time on the computer and that was one that was another thing that i wasn't allowed to do ah right like being because being on the internet is either distracting from either distracting harmful uh waste of time or uh, mo- like ethically wrong, yeah. Because I'm I must be up to something wrong to be on the internet, yeah. And um, my parents just didn't let me be on the computer a lot, and um, teachers frowned upon a lot of computer usage. Even now, even in 2020, uh, I get emails like about kids' screen time, right? And I get frowns when when someone sees how to with like an iPad, they're like, oh, you let your kid use an iPad? Yeah, I also let her, let her breathe. <laughs> I also let her have shoes on her feet when she's walking down the street. Yeah. Right? Like when she's walking on like asphalt. Yeah. Um, of course I let her use an iPad. We're... <laughs> How else is she, is she supposed to access certain information? Heaven forbid she d- has never used an iPad and with social distance learning, she has to all of a sudden figure out how to use like all this software and stuff and yeah. apps. Okay, so the reason why I'm telling you my friend's story is that wouldn't it be great? I'm not saying that all kids should like be the first member of the startup that generates the most amount of money. Yeah. I'm not saying that uh, everyone should go to Silicon Valley. I'm not saying everyone should go to Stanford. I'm yeah. not saying anyone. I'm not saying that that's what's important. I'm saying that this 
this kid uh, was able to have half his mind in the future and it benefited him in many, many different ways. And also on, on a very, on a lesser scale, um, I'm still able to do music 17 years down the road and still, you know, do well because I was always aware that eventually people are going to just, you know, treat music like it's a free thing and that it's a ubiquitous thing. And mm -hmm. it's, it's not something you have to like get into your hands somehow. Mm -hmm. It's just easy to get. And that um, new technologies will replace it in a way where like I didn't predict that like YouTube or all these things would be the norm, but something like that would happen. And because I knew that I was ready for it, right? But uh, I, I'm I, I'm telling you, a lot of people that I know that that do music are still shocked that they have to go on this YouTube thing. Yeah, like the, that. It, it's like a it's jarring for them, and I'm like. Wouldn't it be nice if everyone could be sort of prepared for the changes that are inevitably going to come? And yeah. and and my roommate had to do it on his own because it was not provided, right? But he was lucky that his parents were able to provide him with a good computer, um, the freedom to use it, and he obviously had a lot of like extracurricular time where he could explore that, but. Right now, I'm not so certain that um, kids have enough time to explore extracurricular activities um, because a lot of parents are forcing them into extra extracurricular activities that pad up the resume. Mm -hmm. um, and if they don't have the time, then I'm sorry, but we're going to have to ask the school to provide a little bit more of that. Yeah. Right? Yeah, I just I ultimately I want everyone to do better and these are people that are going to be alive when I'm gone. Yeah. Right? So I can I can say oh who cares. You just want you people know? to have more options in life which grants more freedom. Yeah. And I, movement. And I just I I I feel like uh, a lot of um a lot of sadness and a lot of like uh like failure you know the 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 sense of loss and stuff is is it, it stems from fear mm -hmm. and and usually the biggest fear is like when you don't know something or when you weren't ready for something or when 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 something that it was completely unexpected hits you but i'm saying there is nothing unexpected in the world anymore there is nothing unexpected in in the future there are certain people that are that that their sole purpose and job is to expect these things. Yeah. Right? And as long as they're there, I think we need to implement some of their perspectives uh into our curriculum so that we can have less people that are um that are shocked by the future. Yes. And 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 we have kids that are more prepared for the future. And I would I would much prefer having kids 
Okay, whenever you ask like like a group of elementary school kids what they want to be when they grow up, it's usually based it, it usually reflects whatever is happening in the current time. Right? Yeah. Like if you go to any class right now and there's 10 kids and you ask them what they want to be, eight of them will say YouTube star or YouTube creator, right? And like maybe two of them will say Iron Man. Okay? <laughs> It yeah. just reflects what is happening in the current time. Yeah. Which there's nothing wrong with that. That's perfectly natural. But wouldn't it be great if a, 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 at least like, you know, a big portion of the kids um, wanted to be something that will be important or beneficial to them or society or relevant um, 20 years from now? Mm -hmm. It might be something that doesn't exist even. Right. Of course, I'm not expecting these kids to write down something that doesn't exist. Yeah. But, um, yeah, like future-minded, tomorrow-minded. You know, mm -hmm. I, I, I would much prefer to be personally an expert on tomorrow. Not, not even an expert on tomorrow. I would like to be a semi-amateur. <laughs> On tomorrow, than a than a complete expert on the past. Yeah, you know. Yes. And I, I, I just I just feel that way. That makes sense. Much sense. Nunchi yeah. money. Huh? <laughs> Dude, are you like? I'm just thinking of my Pokeball. I see it. <laughs> oh, our food there's, came. That's there's the, why. There's, okay, there's our, the window. Apparently, our food. You came. can see me wilting physically, like just for school like, food head. could also be better. Well, it, honestly, everything you're talking about, um, honestly, like things that we wish we could change, and the food and whatever, it all comes down to budget and where the money is being prioritized and the incentives of administrations of schools to put money where yes you know because at the end of the day the way they get funding from the government is because kids pass a certain test and they learn about the, become experts of the past and they don't get funding because these kids aren't experts of the past but they're experts at a new app you know it's just like that's why I, we I, have to just fix overall i guess priorities this is not the fault of teachers yeah or educators yeah um this is a way bigger issue because there's a lot that goes into how a curriculum is decided, you know? Yeah. And the current curriculum we have is like from like the late 1800s, you know? And it's fundamentally stayed the same. And there are, there are politics involved. There are, um, you know, social, social uh, circumstances that, that went into certain curriculums being built and also how it evolved but um a lot background and above is happening for these things to come about mm -hmm. and um as and as if we can continue to try to like make that better it, it will serve the teachers a lot more so that they can um help these kids too yeah. You know, it'll make everyone's lives easier and better if and the thing is I I don't know the solution but I do feel like there needs to be a 
at least a better emphasis on tomorrow, on yeah. prepping kids for tomorrow, not today, and not yesterday. I mean, that's all important, but the emphasis on tomorrow is too little. Very It's just true. way too little, and and I and I have this feeling that it's because we want it to be that way. Like someone wants it to be that way. Um, you know how like professional athletes. Professional athletes are driven to perform. They're driven to win. They're driven to score. They're driven to uh, train and win. And um, almost none of them were uh, okay. So no one takes the care to make sure that these athletes, after their career is over, um, manage their money or their social. Relationships, well, yeah. So many uh, because, yeah. So many go into financial ruin um, after being pro for a while because they make so much money so fast. And um, Marshawn Lynch, who's a football player, he's actually like has some notoriety around him because he forced all his teammates to um, get savings accounts. Yeah, and he like lectured the crap out of them and was like, "I don't want to see any of y'all." Wasting your money on flex stuff or anything because our careers are so temporary that you need to like really save. And this is because yeah. the organizations don't. Like, what I feel, yeah, is they don't want these athletes to think about tomorrow mm -mm. because that it is, it gets in the way of what they need, which is they need these athletes to be focused on today and the near future. To perform at a extremely high level, yeah, right. And the minute um, athletes are, you know, start getting savings accounts and starts thinking about the time after their career, yeah, after this game that's tomorrow, after this championship this season, right? Yeah, their focus will will be a little bit of their focus will be taken away from what they need to do now. Now they want. They, I'm, I guarantee you, a lot of these owners want their athletes to simply think about today and not even tomorrow. Like the fact that college athletes aren't paid is yeah. crazy. And and um and I, I feel like if that happens in uh in sports, right? Mm -hmm. uh, in organized sports, and if it happens there. You really don't think it's happening everywhere else? Like, education is a very lucrative business, right? You don't think it's happening there? You you don't think that um, there are certain forces that want kids to learn certain things and not learn certain things, so that we can have a lot of people in the like in the labor force. Well, uh... that are prepared to do exactly what. They're gonna be asked to do, and not anything else. So, for example, America, while not a while, while ago, but um, a few decades ago, apparently there was a law that was supposed to be passed where everyone's um, like a government body would be formed that does everyone's taxes, because it's like you know they have all that info, and then they would just file it for you. And then they would tell you whether you owe X amount and give it to us by this time, 
uh, or you're getting a refund, expect it soon. But there was lobbyists and those lobbyists are is one of the biggest companies that are uh, tax accountants. Yeah. To prevent that from being passed because it would make their job obsolete. And so you're also they're probably also lobbying, not teaching people how to properly do their taxes yeah. because if they can do it on their own. They don't have a job anymore. Yeah. And so it's like, why are kids not learning certain things? Because people like that. Also, if the government does everyone's taxes, um, a lot of people will, will think, hey, wait, wait, how can we trust them, right? Yeah. But that's not the issue. If the government does transparently do everyone's taxes, yeah, they will actually reap less. Very true, because people aren't getting paying fees for doing it wrong. <laughs> because people, yeah, a lot of people, it, a lot of revenue is dependent upon people's misinformation, right? And mistakes. Yeah, that's why, that's why any contract, any legal contract, um, like anything medical, anything uh, to do with accounting, and it is incredibly difficult to read. Right. Yeah. And I've, I'm not. I hate contracts, but I've unfortunately had to read a lot of them. Right. And you could totally see that they are going out of their way to, to make it as like baffling as possible. Yeah. Okay. Using unnecessary words and phrasing, uh, to make it like impenetrable. Right. Like just yeah impossible discourage anyone yeah. from trying to understand yeah. on their own and and the minute that happens that's why you know we have lawyers yeah and um accountants because we need them and they specialize in understanding this language we do not understand which is weird because we all speak english <laughs> yeah right yeah we all speak the language that the document is actually in. I guess um, lawyers are a little bit more similar to doctors where because the law is always changing, policies are always changing, industries are always changing, that, you know, take it does, I guess, to that degree, take an expert to always be up to date. Especially uh, doctors. Doctors? Yeah. We, we, we have no issue with paying yeah. you guys to do you it. You guys deserve all the money in the world. <laughs> like Not all mine, but yeah. like some, a good amount. We can't do what you do. Yeah. Uh but lawyers too. We we need lawyers yeah. quite often. Um and but th what I'm saying is it's someone uh, or some force uh throughout time has set up these certain things in a certain way to be beneficial to certain people. Making the problem so that they can profit yeah. from the problem. And why would education be any different? Because our teachers are awesome? No. I mean, do you think every teacher is aware of why they're teaching what they have to teach? Um, or what what the reasoning behind how uh, what is taught and what is not taught is selected? Mm. No. They just go in uh, every day and work really hard. You know, to 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 do magic with whatever is given to them, and um, how that magic came about, and if it's good magic or black magic, no one knows, right? So I don't know. These are just questions. Yeah, I'm throwing out, and 
yeah, I'm not trying to challenge anybody, but these are questions I had since I was a little kid. Whenever I was forced to go to school, you know? Yeah. Whenever I was forced to take a test that I didn't understand, uh, I didn't even understand why this would like help anyone at all, even the teacher. The teachers look so depressed, you know, having to deal with all of us to teach something that they don't, you know, they don't have their heart in. Mm-hmm. And and I didn't. And every time I had to uh, make an outline, and then write the finished product. But in between, I had to also make a draft of it. Um, <laughs> every time I'm like, that's what an outline is. It's a draft. Yeah, you're it's map- a, it's you're a, mapping out. It's you're... a blueprint. Yeah. So you want me to make a you want me to make a blueprint of a house, make a model house. Take this model house and also make a drawing of this model house. Take the drawing and render it in 3D <laughs> and then make the house. Even though it is quite possible for me to skip one or two of these steps to to get to the actual work. But also asking for a draft after giving no reason or feedback that would require changes to a version, a previous version. The, the comparison... <laughs> Yeah, the comparison I just made yeah. is actually wrong because that's how buildings and houses should be made, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. To be careful. Yes. Okay, so um, <laughs> that's not a good example. That's a that's an example where drafts do matter. Yes. But if I'm writing a story, dude, the story is in my mind. If you wanted an outline so you, you can approve whether or not I can write the story, I'll give you the outline. But I'm not going to give you a rough draft of a story. The story itself is a rough draft of whatever is in my mind. Mm. It's the best rough draft I can do. Mm. And if you have a problem with the finished product, then I will correct the finished product so it's more finished. But I will not do three different drafts. Just like like arbitrary numbers. Yeah. And and I was like, do do these teachers, do these parents, do these schools want me to get tired? Before I actually get to the actual creation, do they want me to get fatigued or like exhausted or bored? Yeah. Because I really wanted to write this story, but now I don't. Mm-hmm. And this is a shitty thing to teach me, right? Is what I always thought as a kid. <laughs> I hope I hope all of you guys are uh, doing well. <laughs> yeah, let's let's uh, you know let's ask questions. That's the one thing we're still allowed to do, right? Hopefully. Bye-bye. See you next week. Bye-bye.